This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 106 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wacky Wednesday in the books. Um... Yeah, guys, uh, today we have another one of the, uh, in the five toughest opponents series, uh, returning guest, Riley Emerson. That's the big man from BC. He was a former Minnesota Wild draft pick, played 10 years of pro, a couple years in the Western Hockey League, uh, American League, East Coast, UK. Um, yeah, Riley was a great guest. Um, if anybody's interested in hearing the full interview that I did with Riley Emerson a while back, um, episode 38. And, uh, yeah, we go over Riley's entire career right from, you know, well, you know how we do it around here, right from, uh, the beginnings of hockey and, uh, through junior, right through pro and, uh, get get his feelings on a lot of teammates and opponents and, and discuss a lot of the fights. But, uh, yeah. And I always enjoy revisiting, um, the career with guys. Um, and I, and I really, and to be quite honest, I mean, from talking to people, I mean, you guys enjoy lists, it seems. So, uh. Yeah, and and I've really enjoyed doing the um, kind of the five toughest or toughest fights or toughest opponents or however however the um, you know the player takes the question. But you know I, I kind of dig doing those, and it's a kind of a obviously a shorter uh, episode, you know, half an hour, uh, kind of bang it out. And uh, you know I I don't want to give you guys complete two hours all the time, but uh, you know that gets a little overload at times, but. Uh, but, uh, no, and to be completely honest, just with my, with my schedule these days, um, between, uh, you know, cleaning up the, the condo here, getting ready for the sale and, uh, and, and rentals and moving and all that type of stuff. Well, we haven't moved yet for everybody. I've had that question a few times. No, we haven't moved yet. We got to sell our condo first, but the house that we are moving to is verbally, um, you know, they're holding it for us. I work with the lady of level, the whole deal. But anyway, yes, it's our house. We just need to sell the condo first. So hopefully that goes quickly. Um, hopefully listing it this weekend. So fingers crossed and, uh, and we'll be on to bigger and better fourth line voice offices. But in the meantime, I have, uh, promised the fourth or the, uh, hockey podcast network management, uh, content. And I plan on delivering that content. Uh, Wednesday is interview day. 
around here. Uh, and Sunday is my rants episode. Last, uh, this past Sunday, of course, I mean, obviously with Tom Wilson being in the news and everybody talking about it, of course, I called it the Tom Wilson spectacular. And, uh, yeah, I kind of went off on a few people. I, I said it's interesting today on Spit and Chiglets how uh, Bissonette and Ryan Whitney sort of, you know, echoed my sentiments. Um, not that they were listening to my show, but it was just, yeah, it's funny how everything I talked about is sort of happening. But anyway, um, so again, I encourage you to check that out. As well as, like I said, this is episode 106 and, you know, Riley's episode 30, 38. Um, check out the back catalog for the UK listeners out there. Um you know, Sean McMorrow, Matt Nickerson, Mike McWilliam, uh, Frank Kovacs, Jason Goulet, uh, Jeremy Cornish, um, Joe Grimaldi, uh, which was a very controversial uh, interview, got a lot of heat. Uh, but, uh, and of course, just recently I had Zach Fitzgerald on and, um, yeah, a number of the guys. And, uh, you know, and I know you, the UK fans are, are, are diehard and, and you guys are really into it. So, and I appreciate the, the fact that you guys listen. And, uh, again, really encourage you to go back and check out the back catalog. Um, going forward, like always, I have some feelers out with some guys, talk to some guys. It's basically just setting up times and having people show up and, um, um, not putting anything on the guys. Uh, and currently, um, it's not, no one's no showed or anything, but well, recently, but, uh, no, it's just kind of finding time with their schedules as well as mine. So, um, but for the UK fans, well, for everybody, but especially the UK fans, I, I got a guy, he's, uh, excited. He's never done an interview before. Um, he's, he's pretty excited. Um, he's just, he works a lot and has four kids. So yeah, trying to find the time, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm really excited to bring that interview to everybody and, uh, I'm not going to throw out names in case it doesn't happen, but, uh, you guys will dig it. Trust me. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, like I said, proud member of the hockey podcast network. There's over 50 shows in the network every day. It seems like they're getting a new show. And uh, all the teams are represented, so whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you, as well as a number of different topics, from analytics to life after hockey to uh, ex-players speaking about it, um, Brad Lieb, Terry Ryan. Um, yeah, so there's a number of sh- mental health shows on the on the network involving around sports. So, yeah, a number of different areas in within the sport uh, community and culture um, for you to check out on the network for sure. Um, for my off-network friends, of course uh, – Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles doing great work. Islander Enforcer based podcast. He's had Mick Fakota on, Eric Bolton, Jason Strugwig, Asham, on and on. Just just finished up with Rod Dahlman. Really cool to listen to the old PA Raider stories. I was digging those. Um Yeah, Joe does a great job. And I mean and, and Joe's been around a long time. Um, you know, he worked with Stan Fisher on the Bad Boys books, that Hockey Stars magazine. You remember the Tough Guy uh, or mags that came out once a year? Joe was a big, uh, a big contributor to those. Uh, good dude. Definitely check out his his podcast. Um, Joe's selling merch. He's got his face on uh, on everything: shirts, hats, uh, you know, pucks. You know, um, he, you know. Hey, he's he's dabbling in the rubbers. You know, give her the Lazito. That's a hashtag I want to start. You know, um, but well, it depends when Joe's listening to this. He are, he might all, he's either napping or uh, at Denny's getting the early bird. So uh, while Joe's eating his moons over Miami, uh, I suggest check out his show. Tune in, crank it up loud. 
you know, or turn it down. Actually, Joe, Joe's kind of, you know, with age, the hearing thing. So Joe tends to really yell. So, uh, turn down your subwoofers, but, uh, no, Joe, great job. Check out the podcast. Good dude. Support Joe. Um, for my, uh, other off network friends, Dan, Paul and Kelly over at the obey the puck show and friend Dave, the Slewfoot show, um, a couple current hockey podcasts, um, you know, they, they keep up with the, the NHL, what's going on, uh, minor leagues, uh, women's hockey. Um, like I was fond of saying, um, I listen to them so I don't have to watch. So, and, but they keep me informed. Yes. It, uh, keeps my, uh, my finger on the pulse ear to the track or is it ear to the wind? I don't know how that goes. Something like that keeps me informed anyway, but, uh, Oh, it keeps me informed with Dan's slant on things. Maybe that's maybe that's why I'm slanted on Twitter. Yeah, it's you know, like it says a lot about the company you keep. Just saying. All right. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys. Uh, so check me out on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Send me a friend's request. Uh, follow me. Uh, whatever, what have you. Um, Check out the Enforcer Appreciation Group run by Alec. Um, you know, like 13,000 members or something crazy like that. There's always something going on in there. And uh, as well as YouTube. Check me out on... on uh, definitely subscribe to the channel. Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Got over 2,500 fight videos on there. From junior to pro, whatever league you're looking for, type it into the search engine. Boom, boom, boom. Stuff will come up. I'm just going through these great DVDs that uh, my boy in Vancouver, Chris, sent. And uh, yeah, it... Uh, outstanding early to mid nineties, uh, local junior B action and some junior a and some, uh, an assortment of stuff. And uh, I just actually went through a DVD of the Quebec Nordiques training camp and just ended up putting a Cordic Robert fight up and a couple Cordic Greg Smith. And, uh, yeah, there was a couple twist fights on there and uh, great quality and outstanding. So I'm really looking forward to going through the rest of these DVDs, but, uh, so definitely check that out. Subscribe to the channel. Um, like I said, you'll go down the rabbit hole looking up certain leagues or guys and, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, if you're listening to this show, whatever platform it is, could you rate and review the show? It helps me out in the searches. They tell me, um, I, I mean, that'd be very helpful to me. I could, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, this sounds so funny when I say it, but could you please download the episode? I get paid by the download and I'm moving. I need the money. <laughs> But uh, streaming it doesn't help me. So if you're listening to this, streaming it right now, could you hit stop, download it, and then pick up from where you left off? It would be greatly appreciated. I know I sound like Lars and I'm yelling at uh, Napster or something, but downloading is where it's at. It, uh, um, and not just by, myself, but really any podcast you're listening to, if you can download them, because um, that's how they track and that's how the numbers track. And, and you can kind of see your... Um, not only from a monetary standpoint, but uh, basically from the download numbers, you can see kind of where you're at, right? And what what uh, kind of what episodes stuck and maybe what didn't or or the, the different demographics or what have you. There's a number of like analytics that they use that you can look up. Um, but when you're streaming it, obviously they can't because there's no record of you. So yes, if you could download it, that would be very much appreciated. But enough of me asking you to do things for me. Well, while I have one more thing that you, if you could possibly do, would be greatly appreciated. My friend Steve over at WhenProbertWasKing.com has created a GoFundMe to re to bring back 
the Drop Your Gloves website. Not that website itself, but some one bigger and better than ever um, in the same vein with the fight cards and the videos and, and all that type of stuff. Um, we all know, we all love the Drop Your Gloves site. We all bitched and whined and complained that it's gone. Well, here's our chance to bring it back. And uh, we're about, it's a, it's a, it's, it's an expensive deal. It's an expensive proposition. It's like a $10,000 proposition. Steve went and he talked to some computer programmers and that's what you're looking at. So he's raised about half the money so far, but we're kind of stuck at around five grand. And, uh, I, I've yelled and screamed every week about this and I've chastised people and everything else, but I know there's a lot of names in that donate. There's a lot of names not on that donation list. And I heard, and I've seen you guys openly bitch and complain that drop your gloves is gone. And, uh, here's your chance to bring it back. So, and I mean, I know times are tough and, uh, you know, and, uh, every, every, every dollar counts, but, uh, whatever, um, if you, if you are able, and it doesn't have to be a fortune, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, that's it. Like I said, if every member of that enforcer group gave a dollar, we'd have the site back up by now, you know, seriously. So, um, yeah, guys, like, I, I think we should, uh, seriously think, I mean, the people listening to my voice, I know there's hundreds of you out there listening to this right now. And, uh, you know, thousand, maybe, I don't know, whatever. But if, Hey, if, if everyone, if every listener gave a dollar there, you know, there's like whatever, six, seven, eight hundred dollars right there, thousand dollars, whatever, whatever. I'm just throwing numbers out, but you know what I'm saying? You know, get what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, let's, let's do this guys. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's all over social media. I mean, people listening to this show, you've seen it on the Facebook page and Twitter and everything else. If you haven't, get a hold of me on social media. I will direct you to the proper channels. Um, if you're not on social media and you're listening to this, um, send me an email, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. That's right. I do have a Hotmail account still. Hockey Fights. It's a great address. Hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Drop me a line. Hey, where's that link? I'll send it to you. And uh, it would be greatly appreciated, guys. Let's do this. Let's get this site back up. I miss that site. We all miss that site, but, uh, what you won't miss is the sound of my voice. Let's get into this. Um, I will say before we get going, I, I was talking to Riley while he was at work, like loading trucks in a ditch. So in, in classic BC cell service. So it's a little sketchy here. I mean, you can hear them, but there, there's a few parts I edited that get a little, you know, kind of, but, uh, I tried to clean those up, but, uh, no, you'll, you can hear them though. But, uh, I laugh. Yeah. Load. Look at that dual threat loading trucks and giving interviews. What a guy. But, uh, how about we get into it? This is, uh, by, uh, the five toughest opponents with Riley Emerson. And, uh, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks everybody. All right. Here on the phone, we got a returning guest folks. Uh, and you guys like, you seem to like your lists. So I have, uh, recruited. Former past guest. He's uh, played in the Western Hockey League. He's a 10 year pro Minnesota Wild draft pick. Riley Emerson. Riley, how are you doing today? Good, Darren. Thanks for having me again, man. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you for uh, for answering my text and uh, and agreeing to do this. And uh, yeah, like I said at the top there, uh, I've been kind of, I've had, uh, oh, geez, who was it now? I've had Mayrad and May- Josh Mazer and Chris Graff and a bunch of guys come back on the show and talk about their five toughest opponents or toughest fights however you want to look at it and uh i said well let's let's get the big man from bc on here so and i know you had uh you know like i said a couple years in the dub and then 10 years of pro uh from the east coast and the american league and uh you know over to the uk so uh you've you've covered a lot of the a lot of ground 
So there's a few names in your fight card. So I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm so, definitely well. Tra- I'm definitely well traveled, eh? Well, you, you know, you've been around, and uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, we're, I'm kind of interested in uh, in hearing this. And uh, for everybody listening, tuning in, like I said, I've had Riley on before. Um, well, I'll do it in the intro because I have to do the intro next. But I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse right now. But uh, I will. Exp- I've had Riley on before, and we covered his entire career. It was about a, it was a great two and a half hour interview. I highly encourage you folks to go back and check that out. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we talk about, well, everything from, from junior all the way up to, uh, retirement. So, but the top five fighters or top five opponents, um, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of them on there. Holy crap. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's sort of, it, it, it's a tough, I know it's obviously tough to whittle down, but, uh, you know, well, for the sake of this exercise, I will, uh, do the best you can, but, uh, and like I said, we'll talk about a few and we'll, we'll see where this takes us, but, uh, may as well, may as well start at number five. Definitely. Well, number five, I'm probably going to go back to my junior days when I was with the Chilliwack Chief. Love it. There is a big, there is a big six foot four lefty who played in Langley and in Coquitlam named Ev Papadados. And I was just a young 17 year old buck fighting this big lefty 20 year old. And, uh, he beat the wheels off me pretty good. And, um, it's actually funny because this kid is like growing up in the lower mainland here playing hockey. And I'm always around the rings coaching and I see him all the time. My brother knows him really well. So, um, we always run into each other and I always can't stop smiling when I see him because, uh, he was big, strong, tough guy. And I, you know, I remember my first, I think it was the, uh, maybe the second time I fought him. We were just going toe to toe and all I know is he hit me with a left and I like, Everything went black, but like when you know when you get up really fast and like the black sparkles like come come to your like you get to see the stars. Yep. Um, you know, I kinda got that when uh and I was like team two and he was just feeding feeding me my lunch and uh, I was trying to throw too and I, I, you know, it was great. I think he was definitely one of my top five opponents, you know, he's kinda one of those guys that, you know, made me realize how much, you know, tougher I gotta get or how much more work I gotta do and uh, it's funny, there was a picture of him landing that big left on me right in the front of the Chilliwack newspaper the next day, and I think it was at, what am I, 35 now, so it was like uh, 18 years later, I'm at my brother's house, and, and I'm sending him a picture, and it's just him just hammering me with that left, and he's like, oh, the good old days, and, and he sends, just sends a picture of me back. And he's like, no way. And we were just dying laughing. So, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely my number five would be F. Papadato's big, strong, tough, tough boy. And, uh, and, and it was great. He was kind of someone who, who, you know, made me realize how much, you know, stronger and tougher I got to get and, you know, how much, you know, more I got to take this seriously or I could get seriously hurt in a fight. And, you know, he was definitely my, uh, you know, probably the one that, that got me going there. So. Oh, going back to the BC League. I love it. I love it. Well, before we leave the BC League, I'm just going to, a couple names I want to ask you about that, uh, the listeners have, uh, will know. Um, of course, one of them was, you know, went on to infamy in the, in the Quebec League, uh, was, uh, and, uh, Curtis Tidbull. I thought, I fought him, uh, yep. that same year. He, uh, he fought Corey Gabowski. They had a couple of good chilies and, and, uh, Corey was pretty beat up, so I remember I was just like, uh, Corey, I, I want to fight Curtis next. And he's like, really? He's like, why? I was like, well, why not? 
And, um, you know, at that time, I was just very fortunate enough that, you know, I was I had a really long reach. And, uh, and when I fought him, I just kept him out. And, and I think he was a bit mad because I had him in a, uh, a bit of a bad spot. You know, when I was throwing, he couldn't really get set. And the refs came in and kind of maybe broke it up a bit prematurely. And I think I got pretty lucky in, in that where, you know, I may have got the better of him just at the start of the fight where I established myself and threw a bunch of quick rights on him and he couldn't really get set. And and uh, he was kind of in a vulnerable position. So the refs came in, broke it up, and he wasn't too happy. But all in all, I was just really, you know, humbled and, and uh, you know, excited that I came, came out of that a bit, a bit alive. You know, I just, you know, it was like right at the end of the game, but I skated right off, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I uh, got lucky there, but um, you know, that, that was a good name to get under my belt and kind of like have to get myself primed and ready for the next level. No, absolutely, and uh, well, and another name that, of course, you cross paths again with them, and and the UK fans will uh, will will know this name, Chris Frank. He was in Couchy Valley there. Yeah, we we never fought, but holy crap, did he ever throw a hip check? Like, oh, my goodness. And the year before, because um, he went over to college when my brother Jordan was there, and I got to ma- meet Chris there um, kind of when he was just getting into the BC League before I got to Chilliwack. So it was like maybe a year and a half before I got settled in the BCHL. I met Chris. He was staying at my brother's billets because they are bringing him over to recruit. So... I kind of got to know him there, but he was a big, tough boy. He was big and strong, sturdy, uh, definitely tough to play against. We never got to fight, but uh, he was always a willing combatant. And he was a, he was a, actually a really good defenseman. Like, what, what he played, he got four years college and, yep, and did all that. And made, it, made, it, made, it, made, an for, made a really good name for himself. So, yeah, he was definitely a lot of fun, and, and he was tough to play against. Like I said, he could hit like a truck, though. It's not fun going in the corners with him. Well, and another name, and it, I've had a couple people say, you gotta ask people about this guy, you gotta ask this guy, cause apparently this guy's just a legend out in the, out in BC there. And of course, he led the league in penalty minutes your year that you were there with 430, was Bubba Westwood. Oh yeah, I remember we talked about him, he was in Quinnell, right? He was, yep. Yeah, we never, I think I, I played against him my first year, but I'm not sure if he got on the ice much. Um, that game, we, we had a pretty stacked Chilliwack team that year, so I don't know how much ice time he saw, and he didn't definitely didn't fight anyone on our team. We had a pretty tough team as well, so um, he kept really quiet that game, but I, I remember hearing the stories of him just being a, a, a mutant, but you know he wasn't an overall really big guy. I think he was no. willing, and, and I think when he lost his shit, he lost his shit, so... <laughs> um, but uh, but how can't you like the name Bubba? Like it's an unreal name. Like anyone who plays through your name is named Bubba. You're gonna have a lot of fun with that. So yeah. Well, like you said, you had a, you had a you had a you guys had a tough team, and uh, of course, and I mean again, all the I mean we're kind of chewing our food twice because I mean I asked Riley all these questions in the first interview, but hey, I got you on the line now. It's my show. We're gonna do it again. Um, it's uh, <laughs> one of the names I gotta ask you about, of course, and I'm a huge fan. And he was only 15 at the time, and his brother Trevor played with you guys. But Garrett Hunt, 203 yeah, minutes. He's, he's 15 years old, about five foot nothing, and just insane. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was 16 at the time because he's an 87. And Trevor and I were 86s. We grew up together. Uh, Trevor and I were in Kelowna together when I was listed with the Rockets for camps with them. But um, like I said, Garrett didn't really know how to play hockey until. 
it kind of got to Chilliwack. He just liked to skate in circles and murder people with hits long, like the defensemen. Like they hated when, when like they had, like when teams had to come to the old Chilliwack Coliseum and play us and, uh, and that, those back walls and those side walls were like concrete. And if you got hit by Garrett, you, you probably weren't getting up. So he got a lot of guys to fight him because he was small. No one really knew who he was. And he beat the wheels off a lot of people. So um, him and his brother taught me how to Vaseline my face up. You know, stuff it up my nose, Vaseline, my eyebrows, my cheeks, you know, my uh, my cheekbones. And I, I pretty much would do it on my whole face where it became one of my rituals that I had to do because, it does, does help when you get punched. The punches do slide. Helps with cuts. Helps with, you know, bloody noses. And, um, you know, that was definitely Garrett. And that's why I'm so good looking still with my young love. Is because I Vaseline my face up every period. See? For, for like for like 15 years after that. So I can thank Trevor and Garrett for that for sure. Yeah. For the, the Derek Zoolander-like looks. It's, yeah, I don't know about that. Blue Steel. <laughs> is it Blue Steel? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and just like, just like my hockey career, I had trouble turning to my left. Weird. <laughs> Killing my punchlines here. Yeah. yeah but, that, uh, was good, huh? that was good. There we go. All right. Well, so that was five. Uh, I can't remember what you said now. Five. Oh, yeah. You're. Yeah. Pop, pop it off. This. Yes. Yeah, uh, I remember, and I'll go to number four um, would be in the dub. I'll go four in the dub would be, would be Matt Cassian. Um, he beat the living shit out of me, uh, where I was like violently puking that night. Um, definitely gave me a conky, which, you know, shit happens in hockey and I knew what I was getting myself into. But, uh, yeah, he hit me with a couple hard lefts and we fought twice that year. And then once more, we're, so we become friends, obviously, because we're both drafting the same year to Minnesota. We just think that draft through Minnesota. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we've become good friends, and we play together in the coast um, really tight and still really close. This, like, you know, we were at each other's weddings and and uh, and all that. And then I'm in Houston. He's in Houston. I'm in Rochester, and we fought. And uh, I, I know I definitely uh, had improved a bit on my fighting, and we had a good draw there. And uh, I think I switched up and threw some laps and kind of caught him off guard. He was pretty shocked, but... He would definitely be my number four um, just because, like, with Matt, you had to be wary. He could throw, you know, both ways pretty pretty heavily. And, um, you know, when he, when he switched up from his right to left, it was really quick. Um, so uh, he was definitely my number four there. Well, it's interesting because he's about the same size as you are. I mean, give or take. Yeah, he's about, yeah, he's about six five. I'm probably about two inches taller than him two and a bit inches taller than him and he's uh he's he's thick though like like he's got big broad shoulders um you know good old ghetto booty on him as well just like myself but you know i i don't have like the biggest shoulders i just got it all in my hips and my and my, and my ass and my and my thighs <laughs> um but uh yeah he, he's like a, just a big strong man like he's one of those alberta farm boys like yep. he built like one of those big alberta farm boys so um, you know, so that's, uh, you know, for me, I know I had, uh, I probably could have done a better job in the gym when I was older and, and working hard and, and doing all this stuff to, to get me there. But, um, you know, to, to help me out in that aspect, but, uh, he's just a big, he's just a big, strong kid, and, and, you know, and him and I get along really well, still talk to this day. And, um, you know, I was happy to go to war with him and, 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 and against him as well. 
Well, I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna break out the. Uh, I gotta get into the Emerson Roller Decks. You gotta hook me up with Cassie. And I gotta get him on the show. He'd be a good guest. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, shoot him a text and because uh, he does that Oilers Nation podcast with two guys and a goalie. Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty good in Edmonton, and, he, and, he, and he's he's freaking hilarious. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, we, yeah, we got to get Cassian on here. I know I don't give a shit about what he thinks of the Oilers' breakout. I want to know what it was like <laughs> fighting Riley Emerson. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. get the skinny here. So it was, it was probably it was probably trying not to laugh before the last <laughs> time we fought each other in the A. Trying not to giggle when we're squaring up. So. Well, one of the questions I always ask people, and of course, well, because most guys I'm talking to are like six one, six two, so I always ask them, like, did you like fighting bigger guys or little or smaller guys? I mean, in your case, everyone's basically smaller, obviously. I mean, yeah. you know, Cassie and I mean, and like, and like an, uh, a Nickerson or stuff. I mean, they're pretty much the same size, give or take. But I mean, overall, did you prefer to fight like, that guy, like a guy that's a six five guy, like closer to you or smaller, like six uh, feet. I, I, I would have preferred to fight like the six three to six my height guys because I think the the guys like like the and we'll get into like probably my number my number one and two. They're pretty infamous, but um, you know the, the, the smaller guys I had trouble with, especially like the stockier bull of an ox man who. It didn't matter how big and strong I was; those guys were concrete. So I, I like fighting the bigger guys. I thought they're, I think, I, I think they were more entertaining fights because you could see the big, heavy, heavy go. But um, you know, I like, uh, I think uh, I, I prefer to fight like the six foot three to six foot five, six foot six guys better. Yeah, like I'm just kind of looking at your card. Like you had like Cassian, and then you had like a Garth Collins and an Evan Hahn and, and Brent Henley and guys like that. Yeah. And they was tough too, but yeah, he was. Once. That's a big so, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's he's sick too. He's a he's a freaking ox. Yep. So, um, um, all right. Well, uh, number three. Number. This is a tough one because I can go so many ways. Yep. Um, with, with this one, but it would probably be Matt Parker. Um, he was definitely my number three. Big, strong, had a really strong grip. Um, pulled my hair in the fight when we fought, but. Um, you know, I think he was my, I, that wasn't on purpose, but, uh, he was big and strong. And, you know, I, I know when we like latched onto each other, I could, you could really feel his strength. And, um, you know, for me, it was, I, I was, I had to be really courteous of like not being on the receiving end of one of his bombs. So, you know, he kind of got, you know, trying to counter and all that stuff. So I think Matt, Matt was definitely my number three, big, strong, tough boy, threw really hard and, um, I think fortunate for me is uh, I didn't realize he was at the end of his shift, so it's probably a bit, a bit disrespectful of me when I went after him and uh, kind of forced the issue when I fought him there. Uh, you know, so if I could probably do that over, I probably would have fought him when he had a bit more breath. But um, uh, that's definitely my number three. He was a big, strong, tough boy. Were Were you um, like at that point? Were you a video guy? Did you watch a lot of video on guys? Uh, yeah, I did. I. I think everyone did. I think I think everyone just mostly watched it just to see do they throw right or do they throw left? How do they square up? And you watch their fights to see if they're willing to square up or if they're just going to like bull rush you and jump you, like one certain guy always did. Um, yeah. And uh, and stuff like that. So I think that's you know that that's mainly how I did it uh, for myself. And like for me, I just you know after that, I just tried to worry about myself and. Yeah, and you know, just worry about my strengths and and 
what helped me and you know in a fight and you know sometimes I, I was able to use those and other times it was like ah screw it it's gonna be a uh it's gonna be a wild ride and we'll see what happens i'm sure i asked you this in the first interview but i'll ask you again um did you prefer uh when you were like to square off or to kind of get into it right away and if it was to square off did you want to go to did you want to engage first or do you want them coming to you what did you prefer? I wanted them coming. I, well, well, I, I, I like to square off, uh, especially with like when we're able to take our buckets off. Yeah. And, you know, square off like the old fashioned or the stage way as we all see it now. Mm. I like to do that more because that's when I felt I was able to get, you know, the best of, of everyone. Yeah. Um, but when I played Tri Cities, Don Knockbauer was absolutely phenomenal about breaking down mine and Aaron Bugard's fights together. You know, whenever we fought, he'd bring both of us in. He'd break down both our fights, and he would critique, and, you know, he, he would tell us where we needed to get better, and he really taught us a lot. Like, he would, like, like like frame by frame of, like, guys' motions of, like, whenever they come into a, like, when you're scoring up, their their first reaction is to jump and latch on. Yeah. And, you know, my, you know, our, I think mine and Aaron's biggest thing after that was, like, we wanted to sit back and like get that guy to lunge and then right when they're lunging is to throw right away to try and ca- catch that guy off guard so we can get ourselves established in the fight um you know so that's something i definitely took to heart and and it, it helped me it, it definitely helped me win a lot of fights in my uh in, in my career so there you go donnie knockbar helping out yeah that tough dude man yeah. if anybody would know i mean for sure he he fought a lot of dudes um yeah. well number two uh, it was probably going to have to be German, Jeremy Jablonski. So I'm sure he's on everyone's list. Probably, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's the most down-to-earth, most one of the most respectable guys who plays hard, knew his role, respected everyone around him. No one messed around when he was on the ice. It was a privilege to fight him the times that I did. And uh, he was tough, man. Like, it didn't matter how hard you hit him. Like, he could take a punch and... And when he got that, those pistons and those, those arms going, and like you said, like we talked earlier, like I didn't, like I preferred to fight bigger guys because those smaller guys, if they get in, a, in on tight on me, like, and those, like, like, like he was so strong. Like I could not, like, overpower and try and push him out. Like he was just too strong. Like what, once he had me, I was just like, oh, fuck it. Let's just try and go toe to toe and hopefully I don't get fucking knocked out. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, that that's definitely my number two there. Yeah, that so, um, yeah, I, yeah. I would imagine Yablonski. I mean, if you kind of went around to everybody, yeah, he would definitely be in everybody's top five. I would think for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, so, here we go. Number one. Well, it's, it's going to be John Nasty Morasty. He's a couple inches shorter. Yeah, he'll take every punch off the world and. Throw him just as hard as back. One hell of an entertainer as well. Plays to the crowd and and he lasts forever. And you know, for 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 big guys, it's it's a it's a lose lose unless you knock him out. You know, yep. like if you fight John Morasty and you lose, like he beats you up, he beats you up. If you're a big guy and you fight him and yeah, you, you keep him strung out and and you you hit him and and whatever it is, it's a lose lose to fight him, even though it's an honor to fight him. It's a lose lose because like, oh, you should beat him, you're six foot seven. You know, you should beat him, you're six five. It's that ain't the case with you know, when you're fighting a guy like John Morasti. you could fight John Morasti without having to 
if you get knocked out, if you don't get cut, or if you don't eat over 35 punches, you, everyone should just declare that a win uh, because that guy can last forever. He's so technically strong. Like like I said with Yablonski, he's very strong, um, great at switching, great at countering. Um, you know, and it, it was so much fun fighting him. Like, you know, it's three great, great fights I get to have in my card when I fought him. And, um, you know, I know, uh, he, he, he's definitely a big, he was definitely a big showboat in Syracuse, but why not? You know, they brought him in and they paid his bills. They gave him great money to do what he did. And he did a great job of it. Like he was a great entertainer and, um, you know, and, and John was awesome. So, and, uh, he, like I said, like the very first time we played against each other, it's that first pair, and he's like, "Do something stupid, do something stupid." I'm like, "John, we, we fucking haven't been on the ice. Neither of us. We haven't had the ship. Like, when we get on the ice, we're gonna fight each other. Like, I'm not stupid." He's like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "Okay, sounds great, man." And I was like, "I'm not gonna do anything. We'll fight. Like, don't worry." So, but he was awesome. He's definitely my number one, and you know, definitely one of the top, most entertaining fighters in hockey out there. You know, for you know our our age era, and um, you know, he was so, so much fun and. And uh, like I said, those those two smaller uh, those smaller guys I did have trouble with. Um, you know, I know like like there could be honorable mentions, but with like Justin Johnson, you know, he was a good lefty who improved drastically after taking a lot of licks and um, and stuff like that. But I'll definitely give two honorable mentions to my brothers, uh, Taylor and Jordan, for absolutely kicking the shit out of me when I was younger, um, all the time on the ice and off. You know, so <laughs> I guess they they guess they could help me. Uh, you know, they helped me uh, be, be able to take a punch when I was older and, and take a beat and, and stuff like that. So I have to give those guys an honorable mention. Well, I mean, like, I mean, clearly, like, I mean, in all seriousness, of course, with you guys, I mean, all of you played hockey. You're all in junior. Um, you're all big. It's like, uh, I mean, obviously, now, was it something you obvi- you consciously worked on with fighting? Like, did, did, you guys, uh, did you guys work on it, or was it just sort of... We would wrestle, but like probably in the summers when I was playing juniors, Taylor and Jordan were both gone. Like Jordan was at Fairbanks because he got a full ride because his, you know, last two years of junior, he decided to be a goal scorer and uh, rip up the league, and and it was it was great. He was very skilled, and then Taylor was at University of Calgary, um, you know, there. So and they spent their summers out there. So it was just me, and I didn't really know many other tough kids around here. So. I boxed with Dale Walters, who worked with, like, Luch and Luchik and all those guys. So that's pretty much what I did. But on the ice, like, I really didn't do much. And, um, you know, I know when my brother came back from, from Fairbanks, Jordan, when he retired, um, well, he didn't retire. He's thinking about maybe going pro, but he got a great job opportunity. He didn't. But I remember he was skating with me in the summer, and we were wrestling. He's like, he goes, I, I can't fight a guy like you because you're too big and strong now for me. And he's just like, I, I don't know how I do against you. So you could probably get a an unreal uh, YouTube Everson complete you know Everson playlist of all track down all those fights back in the BCHL and the dub from all of us Emerson boys and junior we are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like I said, you were you were uh, uh, before. Well, that there the, the top five that that was uh, yeah. I mean, what what a list, man! The who's who. Like you said, the, you mentioned uh, another guy that I want to mention that's on your fight card, and of course. Everybody, everybody knows this guy, and he, he gets brought up, and um, he, you know he's got a lot of heat with some dudes. Uh, I know Trevor Gillies would I'd kill him now. I think if they ran into each other in the Walmart parking lot, I think they'd have round three. 
but um, and I know you fought him with Francis Lassard. Yeah, he was one of those guys that he didn't really like to square up much, and he liked to get the good go on you. And uh, you know, and, and like I said, when you asked me about you know that I watch video, whenever I watch Francis fight, that, you know that's all I noticed. So, like when I was going to ask him, like he already he was looking out of his the corner of his eye. Okay, Emerson's coming. He's going to ask me. Right when he says a word, I'm dropping my gloves. So right when I said a word, my gloves were already off, and I already had a hold of him before he had a hold of me. Um, so I was ready, and I remember he was in the locker room. Like, How do you know I was going to do that? And it's like, and all the guys were like, like video, you know, like, have you ever seen YouTube, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So you know, I kind of knew that was going to happen, and I only got to fight him once, and. Uh, and I didn't really, I didn't really have, ever have a problem with him, but you know, like a legend like Trevor, where he played a long time, fought everyone, and played, you know, made a hell of a name for himself. He's probably got a lot more war stories than me. So and there's one guy, my, oh, there's one guy I wish I could have, I could have fought. I know we, uh, we, we warmed up against each other when he was in Albany, and I was in, um, you know, I was in Rochester. I got scratched for the game, and. You know, I was getting ready to fight him, and he probably would have knocked the wheels out of me, but I would have loved to fight him and have him in my card. That guy was awesome, and, you know, I love watching his fights and see how intense he is. And it just shows, like, you got to be that intense, like, you know, especially when it comes to fighting. Like, you know, you can get seriously hurt, and you are fighting for your living, and you got to make sure you can take care of yourself and get yourself mentally ready. So, you know, it, it, it is a war, so... Yeah, like his his biggest issue with Lassard is is like he said he's a tough enough guy. He doesn't need to be do stupid shit like that. Like he no. doesn't need, he doesn't need to jump people. You know, it's like he's no. a tough enough guy. You know, it's just like that was his issue, right? And he did it a couple times, and I think he suckered him too. And yeah, he, he just wasn't a big fan. Yeah, it's the worst. I, I I really I was really against jumping guys or you know not giving everyone the fair shot like. Yeah, a couple of times I had to force an issue where guys were being stupid and, and you know, and it's, I didn't like doing it, but like sometimes you just gotta, sometimes you just gotta do something stupid to make sure you let everyone know like who's boss or, you know, that they can't fuck around. Like, like, yeah. like, like we're talking, like we're talking before, like all the crazy shit with the, the Rangers and the taps and the rant you're going on. And, and <laughs> well, you're, did you see my segue for you there? How good was that? That that was awesome. That was like <laughs> professional, man. Yeah, yeah that, know, that was a true bad. pro. Um, but like you know, like, but but like I was saying, like all that Capitals Rangers shit is like, you know, like how we were talking before. Everyone could say, you know, the Rangers how they responded with you know the next game with having a lion brawl and you know, and then the three fights after that. Like everyone can say that's a disgrace to hockey, but not for the New York Rangers, not for the the guys in that locker room. Like, they're getting called out in social media for being soft. Um, they want to show their teammates that they're willing to go to war for each other and go to battle for each other, that they're willing to stick up for their organization, they're willing to stick up for their fans. And if people can't see that, like, it goes a long way. Like, being tough and playing hurt in hockey or playing injured or, you know, t- taking a punch or taking a hit, like, you know, with now it's taking a hit to make a play instead of going out and fighting someone. And fighting is obviously going down a little bit, but, like, taking a hit to make a player playing top and playing like a warrior, it brings your team together so much more. And you can't tell me that even though these guys all brawled for each other, that all the Rangers guys didn't love it. They absolutely loved it. They probably bonded over it so much. You know, that's one of those things, like, like if you're struggling as a hockey team, you know, to bond as a team, you need a, you need a, a line brawl to bring your team together. Everyone goes to war with each other. And, 
You know, everyone can say that it was a disgrace and that's not the game, the way the game's going. Hockey, fighting needs to get out of hockey. It will never leave hockey. It never. And honestly, I honestly think there's going to be a new wave of tough guys coming up in this, in this world where, like, you see six foot five guys now who can skate like the wind, who have silky mitts. Imagine if you get, like, like look at, like, the work Mike Scroy's doing down in Florida. Or, like, yeah. guys like, like, like Gillies and all them, like, teach these guys how to protect themselves. Like, I, I, I know with my Bantam Triple, with my U15 Triple A team, I coached for the BC Hockey. I had a kid I coached last year who just got listed by Red Deer. He's six foot five and a half, going to be six six. Really smart hockey player, skates really well, got a really good shot. You know, and I was trying to talk to him, like, like if you learn to protect yourself, because you're going to get challenged, probably. Like, there's not as much fights in junior anymore, obviously. But, like, if you learn to protect yourself, you're going to be a real force. And if you bring that to your game, like, you could become a real hockey, like a real, it's something that's going to make you more beneficial. Like, if you can, like, if you can protect a player and stuff like that. Like, like I, and I was, like, talking with my one buddy about, like, the whole, you know, Rangers caps thing. Like, one of them that was Regina playing Brandon, and someone did that to Connor Bedard and gave him a, a concussion, and Bedard was never the same player again. Yeah. You know, it's scary. Like, yeah. It's scary. So, like, like guys got to, like, realize, like, in my opinion, that's why having the a guy who can stick up for his teammates is, is important, and everyone understands that. But, like, obviously, you have to be able to play now. So yeah. now train, training hockey is so crazy now. Everybody's getting pretty freaking good at it. You know, every, everyone's elite now, right? In young kids hockey, everyone's an elite player now. Like, that's not just a joke, but um, but like I was saying, like there's a lot of generational players coming up, and and you don't want to see these these guys who are going to be the next Connor McDavid's or Crosby's get hurt, and you know, so it's uh, it's pretty scary. So uh, you know, for me, like I think there's going to be a new wave of of guys who can protect their teammates, protect themselves, but also really play the game, like who are a bit bigger than Tom Wilson. I'm not, they're going to be like Tom Wilson, but they're going to be 6'5 and 6'6. Six, six. So those guys like Wilson and, and stuff like that are kind of like, oh, shit. You know, like when Ryan Reeves is around, Tom Wilson doesn't do much. No. And, uh, uh, now I've, I'm just sort of trying to look at your DB. Uh, yeah, Reeves was in Brandon when you were in the dub, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. I know he was in... Alaska, when he got sent to the coast quick, he was in Alaska, I think. I don't know if I played against him well, but I don't know if I ever have. If I had, if I, had I probably would have tried to fight him or, or vice versa, but like, 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 Rebo, other than like Chara, and the guys like Matt Martin are like, they're kind of like the last of the last of the real true guys that can take care of each other. So like, you think Tom Wilson's not a bad hockey player. Yeah, he can make stupid decisions, but so does everybody else. Like, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. Reeves was Reeves was in Brandon both your years in Tri Cities. Yeah, it's interesting with Reeves and Brandon because I can remember he didn't even fight. Like no, I think he, he I think he only had like ten WHL fights or something. So well, I got drafted. I got drafted with nine and zero points. So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but you're six eight. He, he's like six yeah. one or something or six two. Yeah. I mean, he's jacked to the gills, but I mean, you know, yeah. now he is. He wasn't then, but I mean. um yeah, it was, it, yeah, it's just interesting how it goes, but, uh, 
Yeah. Well, actually, before we well, as we're on this topic, um, well, you obviously the the, the you talked about the Rangers standing up for themselves and everything else. The initial incident with Tom Wilson. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think the thing was like, like with when you say however you say his last name, when he was like punching his head in the ground. I think that's a little dirty. I think that's a little cheap. And you know, I think that you know that gave a great reaction. Yeah, when. I think it was unfortunate that, that, that it was Panarin who was jumping on Wilson. And then, you know, I think as, you know, I, I think for Wilson, he should have, he should recognize the situation and, and maybe who you're throwing around. Like maybe just grab him and pin him down. You don't have to body slam him. You know, to, to me, I think that's, you know, maybe where, yeah, everyone's so, like, you still respect your opponent. You know, the Rangers, when, when that's happening. So, you know, I think that could have, it handled a different way, but I think he's, you know, Wilson's also starting to get himself ready for, you know, playoffs and getting his mind right. And, you know, the long grind of the year it's been this year and how much he's going to have to, uh, you know, get ready for playoffs and stuff like that and, and all that, even though he got hurt a couple of days later. I guess hockey, hockey dogs speak again, so we go from there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I was telling you on, on my Sunday episode, I kind of ranted about it and, uh, the Tom Wilson spectacular. And I don't know. I basically, all the guys, like, of course, with the benefit of doing this show, I mean, obviously I have a lot of hockey players, ex players that I talk to and I talk to a bunch of them and my brother as well. And it's like, I, and I talk to them and, uh, every one of them said the initial thing was a bunch of fucking nothing. Like they're just like yeah whatever. I they're like I have no idea why people are getting. Well, the only reason I I said if it had been Columbus and Arizona that happened, did nobody be talking about it? But because it involved yeah. Tom Wilson, oh my God, it's the end of the world, you know. And it's just like, yeah. you know, whatever, you know. And then the same thing, they like the Ranger reaction, and they're like, it's over now, it's done with. Yeah, and New York's a you know original six team. They get a lot of media coverage, so obviously in Philip Washington, it's gonna escalate more than those are the two of the big, you know, drawing U.S. crowds, you know, for TV as well. And, um, you know, that obviously plays some hype with sports media there. So, you know, obviously that's going to get a bit blown out of proportion. And, you know, I think, you know, maybe if Panarin's helmet wasn't off, like, you know, that maybe could have de-escalated it. But, um, uh, you know, I think that whole situation could have been handled differently and, and way better both, uh, you know, before. And, and, you know, I don't think it was, that crazy, you know, like we said, if Revo was on that, if Revo was on New York, would that, would that have maybe helped? Probably. But, you know, who knows? Like, it's all crazy now these days. Games change, games change. Well, it certainly, <laughs> yeah, it certainly has. Well, uh, well, there we go. There, your take on the caps and uh, your top five. One thing I want to ask you, uh, before we go, I know I won't keep you too long. Um, when you were drafted by the Minnesota Wild, of course, obviously when you're in training camp and stuff, and of course playing with Aaron, you would have been around him anyway. And I know I asked you in the previous interview, but um, uh, what, what are your thoughts and feelings on Derek Bugard? Well, if it wasn't for, for Derek, I don't think I would have, you know, be where I am today. Like, I, mean, I don't have been drafted. I don't think uh, I would have been given the opportunity to play pro and prove myself and, you know, go when I started to cut out there. Uh, well, we'll 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 start this question again. Um, I, I was asked you, um, you know, knowing his brother and everything else. What what are your uh, what was your interactions and what are your feelings on Derek Bugard? 
Oh, I think, you know, if it wasn't for Derek, I don't think I would be where I am today. Um, you know, I think he, he was probably one of the reasons why I was drafted and, and given an opportunity to, to play pro and, and to uh, prove myself and, you know, you know, being able to have the life I had. So I'm definitely very thankful. And, you know, I did meet him, you know, in the, in the training camps. Obviously, we didn't fight or any of that, and it's probably a good thing. He probably would have punched my head off my shoulders. But um, I, I do remember, you know, Aaron was drafted by Minnesota the year before, and then he got – he didn't get qualified, and they drafted Matt and I. Um, and uh, – and, um, you know, Derek, you know, he wasn't mad or anything like that. He, he, he did help. Uh, he definitely helped uh, me with fighting. And he's like, hey, we're going to wrestle here. You know, one day after main camp, when we had an inner squad game, he just sat there and gave me some tips about my reach and, you know, how to, you know, punch properly and stuff like that and things that work for him. And, and it, it was great. And, you know, he's, you know, someone that's definitely true to him. You know, he was tough, man. Like, imagine getting to see him, him at his prime, as Gilbert, and like how amazing that fight would have been. Oh yeah, like, yeah, that would have been crazy. You know, like, um, you know, I think that maybe what would have been one of the most anticipated, anticipated fights. Like, um, you know, oh, without so, a doubt, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, Derek was awesome. Very great guy, and uh, you know, I know Aaron and I. You know, Aaron and I became pretty close and, and, and all that. So, uh, you know, it was just tragic and what happened. But, uh, you know, Aaron, you know I, I owe a lot to Derek for, you know, helping me get to where I am today and, and stuff like that. So, um, I guess you could say, like, I, I may not have, you know, two beautiful boys and, you know, a great life. But, you know, I get to work and have a great family if it wasn't for, you know, for Derek. So, um, you know, definitely very exciting. But I'm very humble and I'm thankful. Very good. Excellent. Well, I think we'll, uh, we'll end on that note. Um, I won't keep you any longer because you're the hardworking man out there. So, uh, I really uh, appreciate no you. Can, yeah, definitely. I'll definitely, uh, apologize for my salsa a couple times. So, yeah. for the listeners, that's my bad. That's my bad. And, and I'll work on, on that. But, you know, like I said, thanks for having me back. And, uh, well, see, now yeah. that I, now that I know you got all this time in the, in the ditch there, um, I, I might get I might uh, get a hold of you a few times here. and We'll do Riley's thoughts on things. Uh, I'm I literally working like a ginormous ditch. I run heavy machinery for the fires, so I'm uh, I run a front end loader loaded gravel trucks all day, and I reload pit run that makes like concrete sand and stuff. So that's what I do during the day, and then at night I get to coach hockey and and coach my kids hockey and you know give back to the game of hockey, which you know gave me so much, but. Uh, you know, it's it, it, that's hilarious. What you said, bitch, because it's pretty much a big bitch. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'll let you get back to your ditch. But uh, thank thank you very much again for taking the time, and uh, I know people will really dig it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and have a good one, buddy. You too, Riley. Thank you. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 